It is 11.07. Project Veritas uh, manages to uh, interview a Mark Kelly campaign staffer who's suggesting that they should just lie to voters. We'll play that audio for you. Uh, we were talking about uh, whether or not politically you have ever felt that you couldn't express your honest opinion. That uh, perhaps you're in a sea of progressives. Uh, and, and Or you might have thought that it could affect your job. Uh, do you keep your conservative politics to yourself? I'm curious to see if progressives do the same thing. If you're a progressive, do you let that cat out of the bag? What is Richard? Richard is on the vaccine. That's a past. All right, let me let me get Richard out of the way here. Richard, what's up? Hello. Hello. Yes, uh, my name's Richard Leslie Schultz, and uh, I uh, I'm calling in. Uh, I am listening to your show today, and I uh, I uh, had some comments about uh, the uh, vaccine. I got the. I, I'm a disabled veteran. I got the vaccine in Leavenworth, Kansas. In the four-month program I was at there, I successfully completed that program, and uh, I would consider myself. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I I like President Trump myself. I I I uh, I, uh, I uh, don't know exactly that much about the Libertarian Party, but uh, I'm interested in learning more about it. And uh, my biggest battle is, uh, you know, uh, uh, just trying to do the next right thing every day. Uh, you know, so I pray for guidance and uh, for strength. And it says in uh, uh, John chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. All right, Richard, I can barely hear you. It sounds very foggy, but I appreciate the call, and I thank you for being with us. Uh, let me go on to Randy. Randy, do you uh, ever feel like you can't really talk about your politics? Hey, Gary. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, this is a subject that I've, I have actually sort of shifted. So I had to call in and let you know. I know you wanted progressive opinions, and I'm sorry I'm not a progressive. Well, I'm not sorry I'm not a progressive. <laughs> I'm not sorry either. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm not. I'm I'm more conservative libertarian similar to what you are i think um i used to i mean i'm from Montauk county so most family and friends that i would hang out with are pretty conservative as well and in years past we did talk a lot about politics during family gatherings and friends um i do have some younger family members that um for whatever reason, are not quite so conservative. And uh, one of them in particular really enjoyed debating subjects. And in years past, I sort of enjoyed that as well. But I kind of, I've changed over the last few years, partly because I'm getting older and I can't think of retorts quite as quickly as I used to. Um, but the other part is it just seems like our opinions don't really affect each other. We can have, we could have good arguments on either side, but nothing ever changed. I, I didn't find it constructive. Um, and I think it's pretty well the same in social media circles, too. 
you're not going to convince anybody. And so I kind of quit posting, for the most part, arguments on Facebook as well. So I've shifted on that, and I think that's the reasons why. I'm getting older, and I don't care as much what people think. <laughs> All right. All right, Randy, thank you for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, that never happens to me or Brian. Uh, that whole thing where you can't you can't think of the response you want. It <laughs> never happens to me. Oh, oh no, no, uh, no, no. Oh, Lord. Uh, 874-9390. The toll-free is 800-529-5572. And uh, while I'm busy uh, on the phone, I'm missing all these other posts from GaryNolan.com. Uh, Mark says, uh, on the aliens, I agree. I used to think it was a real possibility. I was talking about uh, this uh, scientist, uh, science reporter uh, who's been exposing these videos and really makes sense uh, and changed my mind about whether or not uh, we're being visited from people from another planet. <clears throat> I no longer think that. Uh, everyone has a camera now, and every time it's a dot in the sky, I'm convinced it's all camera tricks. Uh, not sure if they do it on purpose, but okay. Uh, okay, Gary, I'll uh, put up with people who said human beings weren't meant to fly or could never go into space. It's a good thing Einstein, Pastor, Madame Curie, and uh, countless others in human history were too stupid or too stubborn to close their minds to the possibilities. Closed mind is like a closed room. Nothing gets in, nothing gets out. Have a nice day. Uh, Sharon, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying I don't think it's happened. Uh, I think there's uh, science that's, that gets in the way. May happen someday. I suppose it is possible we've been visited. But then if all of these videos turn out to not be people from another planet, a little hard to make the case that that's what's happened. Uh, so what are you saying if there is or isn't UFOs? I can be convinced by one research, no need for more research. No, Robert, I, I didn't say that. I've been looking into this for quite some time. I've seen both sides. And I've come to the conclusion, based on all of the information, that no, we have not been visited by people from another planet. Uh, let's see. Uh, as for masks under the nose, that would be me. I'll only wear a mask if I'm required to in a, uh, in a business. I have no idea how people breathe with them on, and I don't believe those uh, basic masks pr protect us from the virus, uh, and the vaccination isn't a vaccination. It is, it's a therapeutic. Uh, Glenn, uh, yeah, I, I, we were talking about uh, people wearing these masks under their nose. Uh, and I just want to tell them, no, 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 stop. It doesn't do you any good. Uh, but if you have to wear a mask, <laughs> that's probably the best way to do it. Uh, so, uh, Gary, I didn't hear your opinion on the uh, visiting a, you know, neighbor, for example. You going over to a neighbor you just recently moved. And somehow the conversation of minimum wage come up. And they said, you know, we need to raise minimum wage to $25 an hour. Uh, could you resist, <laughs> or would you hold back and say, mm -hmm. well, you know, there, there are different ways you could present this. Right. If you're actually in a conversation with somebody, 
let's let you and I do this. Uh, let's do. Th- let's act this out just for a minute. I'll try. I meet my new neighbor, and we're talking, and some something pops up in the background on the TV. Right. And he says, and and you say to me, "Boy, we really have to raise." You know, minimum if wage. we had minimum wage at twenty five dollars an hour, none of this would be happening, or whatever. All right. Now, my response in person is different than on the radio. Right. Uh, on the radio, uh, it's, you know, I'm going to hit you with the cold, hard facts. <laughs> and I'm going to smack you in the face about it. Right. Uh, and I usually start the conversation. In this case, somebody, you're bringing up the conversation. And so I don't want to alienate you, but I do want to direct you in the right, uh, you know, put you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So I would say... You know, it would be nice if everybody could make that kind of money. It would really change their lives. I I do have some questions about it, though. And then I would start to ask questions that lead them to think. Mm -hmm. You know, like, see, I I would love to see these people make 25 bucks an hour, but I ask some questions. Like, how does... How does the guy that's been there that's already making 25 bucks an hour, how does he respond? I wonder how those companies will do that. (laughs) I see what you're saying. My point was that sometimes conversations happen and it's hard to refrain from jumping in if you're really passionate about the subject. Yeah, especially for me. Yeah. this is what I do. I, I, I try to get the, as much information out as I can, and it, it, it it's, it's almost like an, like an instinct, like I have to respond. I know. Uh, Price says, uh, got the first Moderna shot and not no more. Found uh, an interesting read at the Daily Skeptic. Okay. Uh, let's see. My wife has been required to have the shots and boosters for her workplace. The shots make her sick. Uh, she recently had COVID again. I have no jabs and was uh, around her while she had her latest bout. Didn't even get a sniffle. I regret that she was forced to get the shots. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't feel you address the challenge to your gene therapy argument. You say to do more homework. Uh, would you give your audience uh, the source and support uh, for your stance? I did. Uh, there was a study done uh, in Sweden that says in the liver, this happens. It, it converts. Uh, when the mRNA gets into a cell, it upregulates uh, the production of line one, which is a reverse trans, uh, uh, transcriptase. Uh, reverse transcriptase is uh, an enzyme necessary for the conversion of MRA, uh, mRNA into DNA. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that, ro- that word right. Um, it's uh, transcriptase. That's how it's spelled. I'm not uh, the expert, but apparently in this uh, peer-reviewed study, this is what happened uh, in the liver, it changed from uh, mRNA, uh, mRNA to DNA. So, you know, I, I kind of went over that a little earlier in the program. So let me move on. Andy says, uh, let's see, on the advice of my physician, I took the first two doses of the mRNA vaccine in 2021. 
the therapy behind the vaccine is that it causes your body to produce the corona spike protein, which gives your immune system the tools needed to attack the spike protein on the virus, keeping it from reproducing. Evidence is mounting that the spike protein in your body, uh, uh, that your body produces, uh, while not an infectious agent, is toxic in its own right. Uh, the medical community will have to prove to me that the spike protein isn't itself toxic before I'll consent to boosters. <sighs> Leroy says, I can't talk about politics with people because conservatives like you are bigots that spew hate. You should apologize to the hateful transphobia you shared yesterday. In a few years, your program will be canceled because of your hate. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm not being trolled with that one. See, have you seen this? Curious your thoughts. Bobby Kennedy Jr., certainly no conservative. Uh, if it's about uh, the vaccine, yes, I, I have seen it. I am way behind here. Boy, oh boy. Uh, let's see. I thought it was ironic that in Biden's message, he mentioned that, come on, we need to... You know, it's hard to read some of these, Brian. I mean, they're... It is, yeah. I think a lot of people are, like, uh, doing the verbal transcription, and it doesn't transcribe right. And I'm forced to try and read it, cold read it, and fix it. And sometimes a challenge. Uh, let's get Randy in here. Uh, do you have to ever sort of disguise your politics or keep it quiet, Randy? I Yeah, I do. I've, I've, I work with clients um, in, in a sales capacity, and so I, I can't really share that, but I did have one interaction with a client years ago in Kansas, and I, you know, I've been I've been working with this, uh, this this woman for about six months, and one day, all of a sudden, she just started just going off on Republicans and using very colorful language language, and how much she hated them. And, and she was telling me how they uh, she crosses state lines and registers as a Republican to to vote and try to try to screw over their candidates. And I just all I could do was just clam up and walk out the door. I couldn't say nothing. So um, wow. and I just I, I just I remember that because that's it was, you know, they were telling the quiet part out loud, you know. Wow. She goes across state lines, registers a re as a Republican and then primary votes. For the worst yep. candidate, yeah, yeah, and I. So that was just it was a very telling, you know, interaction with 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 them. Wow, I wonder if there are any Republicans doing. There must be Republicans doing that too. Can't yeah. be just the Democrats. Wouldn't surprise. I don't. I don't do that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. All right, Randy. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Didn't Rush Limbaugh suggest doing that? I thought he did. Anyway, a quick break. We'll be right back. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. 25 minutes after 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Gary, being that St. Louis is the murder capital of the United States, why doesn't our governor pay more attention to St. Louis on this issue? And can the governor pass anything executively to address the crime issue in St. Louis? No. No, I don't think the governor can do anything about it. I think the city can do something about it. I think the city of St. Louis could, could really reduce their crime problem. There are a couple things that the government can do at the federal and, and uh, state level, and uh, that would include legalizing drugs, 
um, so that drug addicts don't have to hit you over the head to come up with enough money to buy what they want. Just like uh, alcoholics don't have to hit you over the head to come up with enough money to buy a beer. Um, that might be one thing they could do. But the other thing they have to do is to, to quit subsidizing um, the behavior that is causing the problem. People on the left want to give the, the downtrodden money. They don't want to necessarily give their own money. They want to give, they want to give your money. Uh, and they, they give them food and uh, a place to sleep and uh, walking around money, all kinds of things. Um, and that just kind of exacerbates the problem. So, you know, there are a couple things that, that could be done. One of them would be to arrest the homeless um, if they're sleeping where they shouldn't be sleeping. You know, taxpayers pay uh, to uh, pave a road or a sidewalk for walking or driving. Or a park is someplace you have a picnic or take a walk or visit. None of those, uh, none of those uh, uh, are designed to be a bed and breakfast. So if you see people sleeping, you got to move them along. You got to get these homeless people who are part of the problem and motivate them. And you do that by not sort of endorsing their behavior with money. And uh, they aren't going to do that in St. Louis. These collectivists always gather in places like St. Louis and San Francisco and Kansas City. Uh, because the leftists will treat them really well. Uh, they'll, they'll, in their burning desire to keep them from falling through the cracks, they will enable the bad guys to stay there and do nothing uh, to get on their own, you know, to get on their feet. That's part of the problem. That's, that's a big part of the problem. So I don't think the governor could do much about it. I, I think it's up to the city of St. Louis. Start, to, you know, treating criminals like criminals. That's the probably the next biggest thing they can do. Uh, Gardner, I don't think, is treating criminals like they're criminals. I think she's treating the police like they're criminals. And I think that's the wrong attitude. I don't know that the governor can do anything about that. The people of St. Louis could. They could start electing people in the city and in the county who will enforce good law. Again, that's not something the governor can do. It's, it's a shame, but that's, you know, that's the way it is in almost every big city. The collectivists run everything. Uh, and that's why there's such a, you know, crime-ridden poo hole. Uh, let's see, what is this? Uh, we got somebody on topic. We'll go to that one first. Bruce, welcome. Oh, Bruce, hang on. Can you? I've got a break, okay? Sure. All right, hang on. We're going to put you on hold. Uh, we'll come back, get your call. We'll take it first. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show, and it's the Zimmer Radio Network. This 
is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 1135, and uh, I just got a message uh, from uh, a, a good guy. I know who the guy is. Uh, and he sent me a message about drug use, uh, legalizing marijuana in Colorado. And I'm looking through this story during the break, and it's like, holy Toledo, how are you buying into this? Uh, but I'll explain that and try and explain the faults in the story in just a minute. But we were talking about homeless and crime in St. Louis. Uh, and I said that if people are sleeping in the streets, sleeping on the sidewalks, sleeping in the parks, these were not funded by taxpayers to be you know, a, a, a motel room, that the police need to come in and sweep them up and arrest them, uh, that the government has to quit subsidizing their existence to get them to get on their feet or to move on. And then we have to rely on, and it's a little difficult when you're taxed like they are in St. Louis and Kansas City, uh, on private charity to come up with alternatives for these people to get them on their feet. And Bruce called in. And uh, we almost didn't have time, but he held on. Bruce, welcome. How are you? Yes, um, I'm good. I'm good. I um, had a, They could do like Nashville did in 2016 when it got to about winter. Nashville put up a bunch of billboards and signs for the homeless and said, hey, why don't you go to a warmer climate <laughs> and bought them all tickets to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's one way to shovel the problem down the road. But I think there are better ways to do it. That's amusing. There are, but thanks. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right. So I got this message. Um, I, I won't tell you who it is. I don't, I don't, I don't think I should do that. Uh, it's a name you would know. It says, Gary, many of the points that you make about legalizing drugs is not backed up by the facts. And he has a link to the Colorado experiment. And uh, I just read through parts of it. I don't have, you know, it was uh, not a long enough break to get through a very long article. Uh, for instance, they write, uh, Colorado's ranking among states for youth drug use was among the highest before legalization, and it remains so today. For the entire population 12 and older, Colorado's marijuana use has increased starkly since legalization, rising 30% to become the third in the nation, 76% above the national average. Among college-aged youth, 20 to 25, past month use is 50% higher than the average, while past month youth for 12 to 17 uh, is 43% higher. All right, so when you do um, a study like this, and they use percentages but don't give you actual numbers, it's it's always questionable in my mind. For instance, uh, one person has uh, a widget, uh, and now it's uh, it, you know it's increased a hundred percent the number of people with widgets. Two people have widgets. That's the problem with dealing with percentages. So I, I'm very leery of that. And used in the last month is not the same as used. Period, or is is a user that many of them won't go back and try it again. Others will. Third, if somebody wants to smoke marijuana, it isn't the state's job to stop them from doing so. But the more troubling for me is their argument about the black market. They're suggesting that legalizing marijuana uh, in Colorado should have eliminated the black market, and it isn't. It still exists. Well, there's a reason for that, too. And the reason it still exists, the black market in Colorado, is because of all the government regulations 
that are driving up the cost to a point where it's just cheaper to go get it from the black market. The government needs to get out of it in its entirety. This was a step in the right direction, but it isn't anywhere near enough. Just leave it alone. It's none of the government's business. It's none of my business if you smoke marijuana. It just isn't. I don't care what you do. I only care what I do. I only care what my children do. And it's my job to not rely on the schools or the neighbors or television or radio or anybody else to educate my children on the dangers of drug use. But when it comes to, the, uh, to smoking marijuana, I would say it is safer than drinking alcohol. And for three generations, my family made a living selling alcohol. According to legalization of marijuana in Colorado, a 2020 law enforcement intelligence report from the Rocky Mountain High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area, there were 278 uh, black market cases in 2019 involving seizures of 7.5 tons of marijuana and over 15,000 marijuana edibles destined for 29 U.S. states. Oh, going to other states, are they? Well, that's not quite the same. Advocates for legalization were adamant that a major purpose was to create regulated uh, regulated market that would drive out the criminal element and end the violence that drives black market. Uh, in fact, the exact opposite has happened, with the thriving black market still dominating the trade, as has happened everywhere states have legalized marijuana, from California to Illinois. Well, it's simple. Don't overregulate and don't overtax. If I wanted to smoke marijuana, I shouldn't have to pay a premium to the state for permission to do it. But that's what they're doing. This story is full of holes uh, and does not make the case that legalizing marijuana is somehow um, not going to work. It will. We just haven't actually done it yet. Um, I, I find these, uh, you know, if somebody wants to grow marijuana in their backyard, who are we to tell them they can't? That lowers the price to, to practically zero, if not zero. No black market can undercut that. I don't think people will. I think people will rely on commercial growers. But, you know, the federal government and, and local governments make it cost prohibitive to, I mean, literally, you, you can't take your money and put it in the bank because of federal regulations. Now, the study and the story are just full of holes. You can legalize marijuana, get the government out of it in its entirety. The black market does disappear. Violence does plummet. Costs do fall. We're just so used to the government doing it all. If you are one of those people who, who think I'm wrong about this, you need to see what th these former drug warriors have to say. That, uh, and you can find them at leap.cc. L-E-A-P dot C-C. 
uh, and you will find uh, judges and local law enforcement and former DEA agents and former FBI agents, all of them talking about the war on drugs and what an abysmal failure it's been and how much money we've thrown at it. It's not just me saying this. These are, these are people who were actively involved in the drug war. Somebody wants to smoke marijuana, it's none of your damn business. And it's, not, it's none of my damn business. It's up to them to decide what they want to do. If they want to drink, they want to smoke a joint, it's okay with me. What is your obligation as a parent? Well, your obligation as a parent is to try to teach them not to. Doesn't always work, but it usually does. And we have to quit vilifying marijuana as though it's worse than alcohol. It's not. Alcohol does far more damage. All right. Uh, we got wrapped up in that. It was just, it was an interesting email from, I think, uh, somebody who was truly concerned about the direction we were headed. Uh, and I just needed to clarify some things. And, and I didn't get to read the entire article. Uh, that, those are just some of the uh, things that I picked up as I glanced through it. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. And it's the Zimmer Radio Network. Wow. What a, what a change of, of political fortunes. This, uh, this was uh, just, uh, just popped up. Apparently in Washington State, Patty Murray is beginning to get scared. Incumbent Patty Murray's support has slipped in recent weeks, prompting outside groups to pour in millions of dollars to prevent a sleeper victory by Republican Tiffany Smiley. Uh, Patty Murray is, uh, I think, uh, an idiot, uh, perhaps an imbecile, uh, but that aside... She has been in the Senate for decades. Democrats are adding millions in television spending to boost Senator Patty Murray, a sign the party is employing a take-no-chances approach, even in solidly blue Washington state. The 30-year veteran of the Senate is facing a challenge from Republican Tiffany Smiley, a political newcomer whose campaign has seized on quality-of-life issues from urban crime and homelessness to inflation to tarnish Murray. Uh, interesting uh, turn of phrase there. Uh, in recent public polling, Smiley has closed a sizable gap since this summer when Murray led by 18 points in an 18-candidate all-party primary. A Seattle Times poll released last week showed Patty Murray slipping slightly from 51% in July uh, survey to 49% now with Smiley's support increasing from 33% to 41% now. The poll also finds that Smiley has improved with independence in the state, capturing 50% of their support to Murray's 34%. So there's two weeks left, uh, uh, still a reasonable gap in there uh, by eight points, but that could disappear in two weeks. That could disappear in two weeks. Uh, according to Alex Glass, a Democratic strategist uh, in, that lives in the state, it doesn't surprise him. He says, doesn't surprise me the race is tightened. Um, 
voters weren't paying close attention to the race over the summer. But in a liberal stronghold like Washington, a state that President Biden won by 20 percentage points, Glass and other Democrat operatives say they think the voters' feelings about abortion rights and wanting action on climate change will ultimately outweigh dissatisfaction with the economy. If the Democrats think that, they're absolutely out of their minds. They don't think that. In Washington State, for instance, you can be sure that nothing uh, in their abortion laws is going to change. I don't believe that the Democrats are going to, uh, to support uh, Lindsey Graham's federal policy on abortion. So nothing is going to change. No, what they're worried about is can they feed their family? Can they fill up their gas tank, buy the groceries and whatever medicine they need, and still have a couple of bucks that they can put in the bank for retirement? And that's their concern. And that's what most of us are worried about. It's not abortion. It's not global warming. That stuff can wait. Let's get the economy fixed. And that's why Patty Murray and that's why uh, all the Democrats are starting to get scared and why the numbers are beginning to tip. The Democrats are on the wrong track. And two weeks is not enough time to fix it. They have laid out a policy for the last two years under Joe Biden that, quite frankly, is what's, you know, it's burying them. I love this. If Patty Murray is in trouble in Washington State... Democrats, it it may be a bigger red wave than even I thought. It may be a bigger red wave than even I thought. Wow. Um, Once key U.S. newspaper editorial endorsements fade away. Newspaper endorsements are fading, uh, fading away as prizes to be nabbed by political campaigns. Uh, the practice a victim of both the, the news industry's troubles and the era's bitter politics. Earlier this month, newspapers controlled by uh, Allen Global Capital said they would no longer endorse candidates for president, governor, U.S. Senate. They said the hedge fund's uh, portfolio include dozens of dailies like the Chicago Tribune, New York Daily News, the Boston Herald, Orlando Sentinel, and San Jose Mercury News. They're not alone. The days when a prominent endorsement would quickly make its way into a campaign ad or voters would clip out an editorial to take into the voting booth seem destined for history. Well, I guess you'll have to do your own homework. I, you know, I was always frustrated by newspaper endorsements. I can, har- I can hardly think of a time... When newspapers endorsed a candidate that I liked, and this goes back to the 1980s, they just seemed to always lean left. So I'm rather glad that people aren't paying attention and that they'll stop polluting with their nonsense. You want to know who to vote for? Don't take my word for it. Do your homework. Go out and listen to them speak. Go to their website. Look them up on the interwebs. Find out what they're saying. Find out what their history is. 
That's how you decide who you're going to vote for. You and I can kick around policy all day long. We can talk about, you know, the, the nonsense that Fetterman spewed in his debate. But if you're in Pennsylvania, do your homework. Same is true no matter where you're at. Uh, I am fast running out of time. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to get through this. But Project Veritas managed to uh, do an interview with a Mark Kelly staffer. And the Mark Kelly staffer is telling this this uh, reporter, this undercover reporter, that, well, you know, you just, you have to lie. You have to lie. What a shame that you have to lie. And why do you have to lie? Well, I would argue because whatever you're saying is not what the general public want to hear. I, what do I have left? I got about a minute left? Yes, sir. About a minute and a half. About a minute and a half. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get into this with any great detail. Uh, maybe we'll just uh, we'll do this tomorrow uh, because it's just it's too long. But it's a shame that you have to lie. What a sad story. What a sad state of affairs. And it's going on like this seemingly forever. Both parties, they lie. Uh, biblical stories of military events in kingdoms of Israel, Judah, really did happen, archaeologists show. Uh, these military campaigns of the kingdoms of Israel, Judah, appear to be more than just legendary stories, according to the latest scientific research. Researchers in Israel say ancient Egyptians, Armenians, Assyrians, Babylonians really waged these battles. The team found evidence of these historical events in burnt remnants from 21 archaeological sites. The authors were unable to connect them uh, with Earth's geomagnetic field. Uh, they were, rather, uh, able to connect them with Earth's geomagnetic field at the time. Analysis shows the army of Hazel, king of uh, Aram Damascus, was responsible for the destruction of several cities. Uh, including uh, several that I can't even pronounce, one of the five Philistine states. So some of these biblical stories that we all thought were just uh, parables turn out to be real. So there. Uh, all right. How did it get to be Wednesday so quickly? Because tomorrow's Think Tank Thursday. And that's always fun. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Grandbaby. Honey, I'm coming home.